0: You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Thanks, guys. I uh, just nipped down to get the radio mic there because, well, we need to... Well, don't need to. We should be listening to what I, I am say, saying today. And, of course... Uh, that idea of being connected, make sure you're mic'd up, is, is very important, but it's also important in the way of the world, isn't it, to be connected in different ways. Sometimes people use it to their own advantage, but it's also important just in life, too, isn't it, we would be connected to friends, or that idea of being connected online was proven to be very important over the last little while, and I'm sure some of you, like me, have had the frustration of plugging in your mobile phone to charge and to return to your mobile phone maybe an hour or so later to discover that maybe the lead was, wasn't lined up to the plug. And it's really quite frustrating. And it's that idea of being connected is really important as we look at John chapter 15 together. So please get your Bibles out and, and follow along with me as we look at this, uh, this passage together. And well, we can think about being connected and online, I suppose, but also in the world of horticulture too, can't we? in the orchard county you can have a bramley apple tree and at the top of the tree often they would a uh, graft in an eaten apple too and so there'll be two trees in a sense growing from the one tree and that's to help with the pollination process to to make it more fruitful and well tree grafting that's you know do you know what it is when you take a, a piece of another tree a branch and a receptive root of a different tree and it forms a brand new tree you might call it tree surgery but I hazard a guess it's maybe not quite as complicated as medical surgeries. And you can plant different varieties of plant into an existing tree. And well on the screen is a picture of a, of a tree. And in America is this man named, uh, named Sam Van Aken. And he has a tree, but it's no ordinary tree. Now, it's maybe hard to see there, but you can see maybe different colors of blossoms on that tree. And there's just about 40 different types of this particular tree, and it's called the tree of 40 fruit. See, on that tree grows 40 different types of fruit, from peaches, plums, apricots, nectarines, and cherries, along with other things. This tree is created through this process of grafting. The tree produces its blossoms according to the time of year for the different fruits in different weeks of the year, and he calls it artwork. It's actually a piece of art. It's outside different art museums, and people are in awe of what he has done because at different times of the year, the leaves will change color, the blossoms are a different color, the fruit creates art, apparently. Some sort of strange fruity frankenstein, maybe, isn't it? And well, people, some people are in awe of this man, Salmon, and asking for trees just like it. But that idea of being grafted into the tree is not exactly what God does with us. He takes us, sinners, And he grafts us into Christ. And what happens? Well, we produce fruit. Not all kinds of different fruit, like apricots, nectarines, and pears, but gospel fruit. And as we look at uh, John 15 together, what is it I'm going to leave with you? We must be planted in Jesus to produce fruit for God's glory. That is John 15. We must be planted in Jesus to produce fruit for God's glory. To be fruitful, we must be connected to Jesus. God is glorified when he plants us in Christ, producing fruit. And As you know, it's really important to know where we're reading from and what's going on, isn't it, as we look at God's word. So what is happening? Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room. So this begins in chapter 13, where Jesus has watched the disciples speak. They have these different conversations as the evening begins he has washed their feet. He has predicted his betrayal. He has predicted Peter's denial. Jesus has said at the table, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And where is Jesus all heading towards this? He's this, heading towards the end, as it were, isn't it? He's heading to the cross. And Jesus is preparing and comforting his disciples as he's about to leave them. And this is what he says to them in John 15, the final I am saying in John's gospel, directly linked to the... The burning bush of genesis or genesis exodus 3 where god says i am who i am here we have i am the the true vine we've had the the bread of life the light of the world the good shepherd the way the truth of life the resurrection and the life but here what jesus is saying says i am the true vine i am the true life source is the vine's a really clear Old Testament picture of Israel. Jesus is saying, I am the tree, Israel. I am the, the source of life. I am the one in whom you need to be planted in to be fruitful. In the Old Testament, you want to be one of God's people. You need to be part of Israel. That's done away with. We need to be part of Christ. So as we look at this together, John 15, we must be planted in Jesus to produce fruit for God's glory Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, but what on earth does Jesus mean? Well, let's look at it together, and here's our first point. Three hours today, the reason for the branch. What is the reason for the branch? Well, as we read this, hopefully you've been able to see what the purpose of the branch is. So, in verse 2, he maybe doesn't tell us what the, the reason is, but we can Understand what Jesus is talking about. He says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So, Jesus is saying branches are to bear fruit. In verse 4, no branch can bear fruit by itself, that idea of being fruitful. Verse 5, what does Jesus say again? Uh, he, in me he will bear much fruit. Again in verse 8, that you bear much fruit. The whole reason for the branch is not to be a piece of artwork, but is to be fruitful. It's to produce fruit. The reason for the branches is to be fruitful. And well, how does God produce the fruit in us? How do branches produce more fruit? Well, simply, the branches must be connected to the vine, mustn't they? The branches must be attached. If you cut off a branch of an apple tree and leave it lying, there'll be no apple growing off the branch next year. Sure there won't, because it's not part of the tree. And as it is in life, if we're not... Planted in Jesus, producing fruit is not a possibility for us. We must be connected to the vine. And Jesus says that in verse 4 and 5 No branch can bear fruit by itself, or in me you will bear much fruit. But as each branch produces fruit, how is the yield increased? How do we get even more fruit on these branches that Jesus is talking about? Well, in verse 1 and 2, look what Jesus says My Father is the gardener or the vine dresser, depending on your translation. And then Jesus says this about the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You see, if we are planted in Jesus, we will be pruned by the Father. The Father is the gardener. Jesus is the focus. But here we're clearly told that God the Father is at work in each of our lives. He trims and he prunes the branches. God carefully tends the vine in order that the branches be even more fruitful, that they would produce more fruit. Some of you will like gardening. Others, like me, will have very little notion. But you will know that at different times of the year, there's different times and seasons when it is best to prune, depending on the plant. Sometimes the pruning can seem really harsh and low, but maybe in six months' time, nine months' time, the plant looks really well again and looks even better than it had before. Of course, you can make a hash of it and it turns out be a disaster. But this pruning of the father is never going to end up in the disaster. This pruning by the father is expertly done, carefully done, always done at the right time and season of life, and it's never a disaster. And why is the, the pruning done? Why are the vineyards all a nice little rows in Italy or Spain or America. Why are the nice little rose? It's not for the photo and the postcard. It's that the vine will produce more grapes, that they have a greater yield, not just so that it looks pretty, that they're able to, to get the branches to put their energy into producing fruit rather than, than making more branches that aren't going to produce much fruit. And see God in his pruning, God the Father uses hard circumstances and trials days that we know that are very painful and far from pleasant. The pain might seem harsh, but pruning, whenever we're connected to Jesus, will produce fruit. Pruning will produce fruit. John Stott says this, the harder the pruning, the greater the fragrance and beauty, which will later be released. The Part of the pruning whenever we think we've had enough and we feel that like, though god's really pruning us what's the consequence well there's going to be a greater fruitfulness to come pruning will hurt us and pain us but it has a purpose And though pruning pains us it has a purpose god prunes so that the branches will bear even more fruit and well as christians we will all bear some fruit As God makes us more and more like Jesus, we will produce more fruit, and the Father will prune. Christian life's not easy, you know that, but the Father will prune us. Through our circumstances, maybe uh, the whole world's circumstances, troubles maybe in our work or our school, our difficulties and personal struggles, the stresses and strains of life, trials of sickness or sadness, or just a particularly rotten time for you. God is pruning that we would produce more fruit. Whenever we face opposition, whether it's stick in school or friends or whenever, family is even difficult to us. When we feel although we're being pressured, maybe even in our workplace, not to be keeping the way of the Lord, we know to stand up will result in opposition. God's praying us to produce more fruit. Suffering through our ill health, individual or collective troubles, In the really hard times of life, God is sovereign over all in his fatherly care. This is not me coming with the the shears making a mess of a bush. This is the Lord in his fatherly care, in his pruning, carefully and expertly done so that we'd be even more fruitful. Because what's about to happen to Jesus? Remember I said context is really important. What's about to happen to Jesus and the disciples? The disciples in a few hours' time are going to be scattered, they're going to be left lost and confused, not understanding what's happening to Jesus, but aren't they also fruitful in the years to come? Let it be an encouragement to each of us that despite the hard days of the past or the days that you are facing now, if we're planted in Jesus, the Father will prune us so that we will produce more fruit. And I know some of you are able to reflect on life and say, yes, David, I can testify to that. That was a really difficult, hard circumstance in my life. But the Lord has worked for good. He has produced even more fruit in me. See, the reason for the pruning is the very reason that the branch is there in the first place, to produce this fruit. What is this fruit? Success in life, big career progression, a fat account, church attendance or church service. See, it's not just about turning up but being fruitful. The fruit is seen. It's the fruit of the spirits of Galatians 5, isn't it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All character traits that's found in every Christian believer, no matter how long or how short we have been trusting in Jesus, no matter our role within the church, we all, connected to Jesus, have these traits of God's work in us. Fruit. Fruit is evidence of faith in Jesus. But this fruit is not produced by the branch, is it? The fruit is not produced by the branch. The fruit is found on the branch. See, we have the, the reason for the branch, which is to be fruitful, but what is the resource of this fruitfulness? What is the resource of this branch? Well, the branches receive life from the tree, or in this case, the vine the vine produces the branches and produces the fruit because if the branches are cut off they're going to die the the branches of the vine receive life from the vine so where is it that we receive life or is it that we draw resources from people might say my inner strengths or i can muster all within me to get through a day or to finish a project might call on their strength, maybe jokingly, sometimes seriously, of their first cup of coffee in the morning. But drawing from experience, people would often say, too, isn't that right? You know, especially maybe in sport, particularly, boxers or, or marathon runners or, you know, endurance kind of sports like that, And everything in a really difficult and low moment. What do they, what do they, they, draw? they say they draw from within themselves extra motivation. They think of maybe for a boxer, their horrible childhood, and then think of their own family, and like, I don't want my children to face that. And they say that gives them the extra X percent to to get through the fight. But what does Jesus say? We don't draw from ourselves. We don't draw even from experience. What is the resource? Where are we to draw our strength? What does Jesus say in verse 4? Remain in me or abide in me. A branch does not have life in itself. It is utterly dependent for water and nutrients from the vine. And Jesus helps us. He makes it really clear to us, in case we're getting muddled in our thinking, he says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Jesus, think of this, he is giving his life to us. His life, this fullness of life is flowing into us. So when things go belly up and something goes wrong, we remember we're connected to Jesus. Whenever school's not good or we're getting sick or work is difficult, when it feels as like though we're being pruned, we remember that we are connected to Jesus. It's Jesus who gives us the strength and grace for each day, for every occasion and day, we are to abide in Jesus. Do not abide or count on something else. See, what... Do you turn to whenever things are difficult or who? Make sure it's Jesus. Jesus will never let us down. When we come to Jesus, we are being planted and rooted in Jesus. And it's Jesus who provides for all all of our needs. He is the resource for us as we live life. We are the branches that are being fed by him. Abide. Make Jesus your home. And as we abide in Jesus... Isn't it an amazing thing? Jesus says, he abides in us. What else does Jesus say? What else is the resource for life? Yes, we must come to Jesus. There's going to be Christ and his word. Isn't it? Verse 7. What else does Jesus say? If you remain in me and my words remain in you. See, we need Christ and his word. That's why we come Sunday and by Sunday, by Sunday, to come to Christ's word to look at Jesus. We need Jesus' words to remain in us. Not just a feeling when the music plays, but rather God's word living in us, day by day, knowing them, trusting them, opening our Bibles, looking at Christ in his word. Because knowing God's word helps us when we feel though we're being tempted, just as Jesus threw on God's word and he is being tempted. We can do the same. Not drawing up from our own self-confidence or determination. When we feel discouraged or anxious, we draw from God's Word rather than a bucket of ice cream because God's Word remains in us. But there's a but here, isn't there? If the branch is not connected to the vine, there will be no fruit. See, the reason for the branch is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. But we're only fruitful if we're connected in Jesus. That means if we're not connected to Jesus, there's going to be no fruit. And what happens whenever there's no fruit? Look at verse 2. God removes the dead wood. God removes the dead wood so that the living fruit-bearing branch may have more room for growth and produce more fruit. See, these branches appear to be part of the vine, but they never produce fruit. They have never borne fruit. And verse 6, Jesus, or Jesus says that those branches that do not remain in him end up in the fire. Because where is this happening again? Do you remember? The upper room. What has just happened? Well, Judas has just left, hasn't he? Judas is about to betray Jesus shortly. It'll become evident, won't it, that Judas was never part of the vine, actually. You see, from the outside, looking in, wouldn't everybody have said Judas is one of Jesus' men? Before this, they would have. But Judas is a, a withered, dead branch. Judas produced no fruit and he was never connected to Jesus. And if you are not connected with Jesus, you will burn no fruit. Now, the outside looking in, it would have looked like Judas was connected to Jesus, but he wasn't. Folks, make sure you're connected to Jesus, not just connected to church here. Not just connect the three, mom and dad, but be connected to Jesus. Because without him, you will do nothing. Now, of course, you'll be able to do a whole lot. we can going to work and have fun. But a life without Jesus is not fruitful. The resource for life is Jesus. Life in all of its fullness is in Jesus. To be fruitful, we need to abide in him. See, the reason for us, branches, is fruitfulness. The resource for our fruitfulness is not our education or our family connections or even a good church, but Jesus is the resource we need in life. He is the source of our fruitfulness. He is the one who supplies all our nutrients, all the goodness that we need, so that through Him working in our hearts, His fruit would be seen and found in us. We need to come to Jesus often because He is the resource. For us. And then finally, what is the result of the branch abiding? The result of the branch abiding. Apple trees, their branches, you will find apples. Pear trees, you will find pears. Each tree will produce their own fruit. And when we are resourced in Jesus, we've been thinking about this throughout, we will produce the right fruit. And when we abide in Jesus, of course, we will have a fruitful life. A life that we've been thinking about. A life that's really nothing to do with our own power or resource, but all the outworking of God's grace through Jesus in our lives. And what does that look like? Well, just a couple of things. Quickly, verse 10. What does a fruitful life look like? Obedience. In verse 12, what does a fruitful life look like? Love each other. What does a fruitful life look like? Verses 26 and 27. And you also must testify that we're going to be talking to people about Jesus. And these are all different ways in which we are fruitful as a result of us abiding in Jesus, that we're obedient, that we're loving, that we're talking about Jesus. But what else is there? In verses 7 and 8, there will also be a fruitful prayer life. A result of being abiding in Jesus is that we will have a fruitful prayer life. See, fruitful, is a consequence of prayer in the Christian life, and God will answer it. Because what does Jesus say in verses 7 and 8? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. See, if we're connected to divine Jesus, we're going to become more and more like Jesus, and we're going to pray more and more like Jesus. What our hearts desires are, what our will is, what we wish is going to be more and more what Jesus wishes. We'll be asking for the same thing. And we will ask whatever we wish, because what we wish is what Jesus wishes. If we continue to abide in him, we will increasingly pray with uh, what he wants. So the result is that we will be a praying people, praying for fruit as God produces fruit in all of our lives. But the fruit of a branch abiding is not that we can say, isn't Union Road brilliant? Or isn't that particular Christian great? No. What is the result of us abiding in the branch? Verse 8, that God is glorified. That the Lord is glorified. What an amazing God. That through his work in us, as we remain in him, as he prunes us in those really difficult times, but as he carefully tends to us, he provides that life source that is Jesus with all that God does He will be glorified in our lives. Despite of all of our sin, all of our shortcomings, our wrong decisions, thinking we can rely on ourselves or draw strength from ourselves rather than God at times, despite all that, when we're abiding in Jesus, our fruit means that God will be glorified. The purpose of our abiding and our fruitfulness is not that Union Road's name is glorified, Or isn't this church great? But isn't God good? Isn't God great? God is to be glorified. And this is the consequence of it. It's just the most humbling thing, isn't it? That our fruitfulness is just part of the way in which God brings glory to himself. What an incredible thing. Like, weak, sinful people like me and you, please God, that we give glory, can give glory to God when we abide in Jesus. We'll be fruitfully praying. We will be through our fruit that God will be glorified, but also that we abide in Jesus. Verse 11, we will have joy. You see, obedience or loving one another or talking about Jesus is not boring, but actually remaining in Jesus will bring us joy in all of those things see, joy in this world will be shallow, unfulfilling, and fleeting. But this is God's joy which is given to us. It's not just, I think it's just an incredible verse. Jesus is saying, I have told you this so that my joy, the joy that is in Jesus' heart, is for us. A contentment that overrides even in difficult circumstances for us. That we can have joy in our security and our confidence in Jesus. The joy that we have in Jesus is going to attract others to Him. Whenever we help someone, maybe you've done it, maybe recently, you get a little bit of maybe satisfaction or joy out of it. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews 12, 2. Jesus endured the cross, why? For the joy set before Him. That joy that was in Christ's heart in the cross... His heart was full of joy for sinners like us because he was going to redeem us. The joy that is in Christ's saving work is for us and it's in us whenever we're planted in Jesus. What an incredible thing. The joy of Jesus' heart is in us. Not the, the joy of a human life, but the joy, full joy of Jesus, his workings within us, that he is that very source of joy And the result is that we have that joy. When we abide in Jesus, we can truly know that we belong to him because we're going to be full of joy. We will produce his fruit. Others not abiding in Jesus while Jesus says that they're going to be cut off because they aren't his. Those who bear no fruit just prove themselves not to be part of the vine really at all and are just dead wood. Have you been grafted into Jesus? Are you really a part of this vine? Because turning up here doesn't make you one of the branches. Taking communion here or being baptized doesn't make you one of the branches. Relying on mom and dad or your goodness does not make you one of the branches, no matter how much you love people or how well you obey God's commands. We must be planted in Jesus. To produce fruit for God's glory. We draw life from Jesus. So will you abide in him and his word as Jesus abides in us? As if we have trusted in Jesus, our position is utterly secure. Notice Jesus doesn't talk about a fruitful branch being cut off here. The branches that are truly grafted into Jesus, they're never cut off, but God will prove to produce more and more fruit. Our life in Christ is utterly secure and he will produce fruit in us, fruit that others would see and that God would be glorified in. In Jesus we cannot die. In Jesus we will produce fruit all for his glory. And let me leave the last words to Jesus. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Remain in me and I will remain in you.